0: It's November 15, 2017, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and of course, innovation. I'm Bert Lum, and I'm flying solo. Co-pilot Ryan Ozawa is off to New York City, enjoying the high life. Of course, we'll kick off the show with our news guest, Travis Takashima from St. Louis High School is here to tell us about the upcoming VEX Robotics competitions, and then We'll talk to Isla Young from Women in Technology and Katie Hendrickson from Code.org about computer science in our school. So first off, I want to welcome Travis to the show. Travis is from St. Louis, as I mentioned, and he's a teacher in robotics, engineering, and 3D modeling. Welcome to the show, Travis. Nice. So, you know, I I was uh, actually quite amazed and quite uh, impressed by the fact that St. Louis has a... has curriculum that revolves around robotics, engineering, and 3D modeling. I mean, what age groups are able to participate in this? Um, at St. Louis School,
1: we offer robotics for the middle school, so 6th, 7th, and 8th graders can take a course. Uh, for the high school, from ninth through 12th, they can choose um, 3D modeling, uh, engineering 1, and if they take engineering 1, then they can take engineering 2. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, the actual competitive team has a class that they can take after school to get, you know, at least a credit for participating in the the program. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. Now, in terms of the, uh, uh, I'm sure you were at the VEX competition that took place a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what and that's kind of the Pan Pacific. It was yes. like a pretty large event that took place over at the uh, campus center ballroom, uh, 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 uh Manoa campus. Uh, but you're having one. Like, just a couple of weeks from that, I mean, what what prompted your event coming up at St. Louis?
1: Um, we had a bunch of teams that only participated in one event this year. Mm-hmm. There are some teams that have participated in, you know, four, five, six, seven events, and uh, we decided, along with uh, Art Kimura, mm-hmm. um, that we'd produce a tournament that invited the teams that didn't participate as much. So that way, you know, at least everyone had a couple of games this season, and they didn't Um, you know, play one or none. Mm -hmm. In some cases, Mm -hmm. none. So, so, so,
0: uh, and this one that's coming up at the uh, at the St. Louis, it's the Vex IQ, and this is geared primarily for the uh, uh, elementary and middle school ages, right? Maybe you can describe what the what the gameplay
1: is. Okay. Yeah. Uh, This is for the elementary and middle school. It's a smaller robot. I think it's like 19 inches by 12 inches. It's very small. It's it's similar to Lego in sort Mm -hmm, of ways. mm -hmm. Um, The parts are plastic. But the goal of the game is to get these rings from the ground as well as on uh, small racks on the side of the field Mm -hmm. and uh, scattered throughout the field onto pegs. And you need to get the same color on each peg. If you don't get the same color, you get zero points. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, you know, teams are stacking four, five, six, seven on a peg and getting 70 points a peg. Now, some of the
0: robots that I saw were pretty intricate. I mean, they had designs that would scoop them all up and put them in some sort of uh, uh, you know, container that had them all lined up, and then it would flip it right into the, you know, onto the, uh, I guess, like the little pole that would hold all the, the rings. But every design, every robot was a little differently designed. So they are able to come up with their own ideas for design, right? There's no standard way of designing their, their little robots.
1: Yeah, so every team, I guess, goes about their design process differently. Mm-hmm. So inherently, they'll come out with different designs. Um, in VEX Robotics or in VEX IQ, um, both, you start with parts, right? And you can design whatever your kids or you yourself um Come up with to play that certain challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, a couple of teams did those that they pick it up off the ground, they put it on a rack, and then they put it on the peg, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and some teams just chose the claw design. Mm-hmm. It's also their strategy in gameplay, right? So our team decided to take the claw and just pick up off the side of the field mm-hmm. and score mm-hmm. those because in a minute it's you know it's a very short game. So their strategy was that. Well, whereas other teams decided, you know, I'm going to pick up off the ground. So the design I guess goes
0: those separate ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, you had mentioned that a lot of teams only get to play once and I think uh the 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 skill really gets built up over an experience of multiple competitive environments. Uh typically, you know, the the teams that have gone through let's say 4 or 5 actual competitions, what other what other programs are they involved in. I mean, you got the big one that's the the Pan Pacific, but are there like little regionals like the one you're putting on at uh, St. Louis?
1: Yeah, there are there are a couple of regionals throughout the or Oahu, Maui, and the Big Island. Mm-hmm. Uh in fact, Molokai is also putting on a regional this year. Um there're probably a total of 15 16 regionals throughout mm-hmm. the state. Mm-hmm. Um and they fill up very quickly. I think we have
0: close to 3 or 400 teams. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. So. and and you know if if someone someone were to ask you, should I put my kid in VEX or should I go with first? I mean, what would you advise them to do? Um,
1: for the most part, the teams in Hawaii do both. Mm-hmm. Um, that's so a lot in of the that's fall. A, that's a big commitment of time, yeah, it, right? It is. It is. Uh, in the fall, they'll participate in VEX. Um, closer to December, they'll get ready for first January mm-hmm. through March. They'd participate in first, and that's the entire school year. Um, it is a huge time investment on the school and teacher and student part. But I think they they get a lot of different things out of each of those programs. Mm-hmm.
0: Would you can you characterize maybe the little some of the different uh, uh, highlights that you would perhaps receive out of a VEX competition? Um, well, the VEX competitions are smaller. Mm-hmm.
1: The field's smaller, so you can have more teams. You can have more people driving the robots. You can have more people in the pit area. So I guess it's 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 a more fun competition for those groups of large, you know, large group of kids. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whereas for FIRST, you might have, you know, two or three, four drivers on the field the entire season. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they'd only be replaced every year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so I think from FIRST, they do get more of the actual mechanical building and design and programming but in vex they have more of the the more fun side i guess the competitive side where everyone can compete
0: well i noticed that teams actually weren't competing against each other when they would go up to the pit they were com- they were not competing they were collaborating in the form that the the highest let's say point getter would <clears throat> they would all share that that uh, particular score, right? So they they weren't winning or losing against that team. They were actually combining their scores or getting a the, the top uh, score from yeah. that competition. And then you know they would have the all the teams sort of, uh, sh- I guess, show up and see who got the most scores and you know most points. So that's kind of a good way of competing, but not really competing against you yeah. know the person that's in the pit with you, yeah. So, in terms of the St. Louis uh, um, regional that you're having this coming Saturday, what do you need? You need, um, you know, you need attendees. You need judges. I mean, what what's something? Some of the things that you would like to have the our listeners perhaps participate in. Well, coming out to support all
1: the teams that are participating, especially because this is probably some of the team's first or second mm-hmm, events. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's nice to have an audience watching. Of course, the drivers are gonna be a little more nervous, but you know, <laughs> the, the more audience watching, and the the, the more people that can see. What robotics is uh in the state of Hawaii I think is a benefit
0: yeah well it's you're doing a great job uh actually you know actually you you came out of some of the robotics programs I think at farrington and and have continued yes. on, and now you're actually. Sort of on the other side, mentoring and teaching the kids. So where can people find out more information about the the St. Louis uh, uh, competition?
1: For the St. Louis competition, you can go to www.stlouisrobotics.com
0: and look for competitions and click on VEX IQ. Very good. I will put that up on our show notes for uh, later on tonight. And, of course, uh, I want to thank you, Travis, for joining us. Thank you for having me. And, of course, we'll take a short break, and when we return, we'll be joined by Ala Young and Katie Hendrickson, and we will talk about computer science and education. And, of course, we'll find out how important is it to get computer science into our K-12 through schools. This is Bite Marks Cafe. Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, whose contributors help Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to the St. Andrews Schools, which includes the Priory School for Girls, the Prep for Boys, and Queen Emma Preschool.
2: I think communication is vital, and I think because we have public radio, we have fair and unbiased communication that comes from a variety of perspectives. I think that's one of the few things we have left that is a free nation, so it's really important to preserve that kind of
3: communication,
2: and public radio brings that to us.
0: Member supported. Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum, and of course, joining us today are Isla Young and Katie Hendrickson. Isla is the STEM Education Workforce Development Director for Women in Technology, and of course, Katie Henderson is the director of state government affairs over at code.org and the question is how is education changing to accommodate the challenges of the 21st century and we want to welcome you both to Bite Marks Cafe.
3: Thank you so much for having us. Absolutely, thank you.
0: Now Katie, let's start with you since you're you're our visiting guest, you're from code.org and we've, you know, we've been great fans of code.org org for a long time. Uh, and What is it that uh, you see happening in terms of the uh, sort of the momentum around computer science in education? And I'll I'll start with telling you this very brief story. And it's you know it started off with something that uh, President Obama did called um, I think it was CS for All, and it was a, a an initiative, right? And was interesting because in the rollout of that initiative. Hawaii and I think it was Delaware was was actually recognized as being very uh, sort of advanced in terms of implementing computer science in in in, in the educational uh, arena. So then I started calling around and trying to ask, does anybody know who is actually spearheading this effort in Hawaii? And this was probably a good you know year and a half ago, or maybe more than that now, maybe two years ago. So now we're here. 2017, at the end of 2017, there's a, you know, there's a lot of momentum growing around this. But maybe you can give us a little bit of history behind the whole movement behind computer science in education and the CS for All initiative.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Code.org has been around for several years now. Um, Our vision is that every child will have access to computer science in their classrooms. Um, And so we do that by providing curriculum, professional learning for teachers, and working with states and school districts to increase those opportunities for students. Um, And we're not the only ones in the space either. Uh, Like you mentioned, CS for All has a consortium where they've brought together a bunch of other providers. Um, You know, there's a lot of other uh, people doing really great work around this.
0: Mm -hmm. So in terms of... uh now you're here and you're working with Isla. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that are actually happening, and it's kind of why I, I like the fact that uh, Travis was on earlier. You know, robotics has an element of of computing to it, right? I mean, all the kids have to actually program the uh, the robots to do stuff, whether it's in autonomous mode or when they're actually doing the uh, remote control. So, Ayla, I mean, you've been involved with a lot of different programs with Women in Technology and the STEMWorks program. How do you see sort of this momentum growing around computer science and education?
2: Well... You know, honestly, here in Hawaii, it's very exciting what's happening, um, not only with the education uh, within the DOE, but also uh, what's happening in the university system. I think our industry partners are expecting this. And the reality is, we really need to make sure our students have access to computing, uh, to computer science, and understand that that really is about innovation and creating. And so, how does that tie in with their worlds, and how are they going to make a difference and um, have a positive impact? So the fact that robotics has been around in Hawaii for so long, um, there's so many programs and all of them really, at the end of the day, we're trying to make sure our students have access. And that's a beautiful part about Code.org. Their main foundational piece is equity and making sure our girls and our non-traditional learners and students that don't typically self-identify that this might be something for them, that is a big part of what this is. It's how can we connect this to students that don't normally think about this as an option for them, and then how that opens up the doors for them uh, for what they imagine for themselves that they can be. So it's very exciting. Um, throughout the state, there's really has been a big shift that has happened, I'd say, in the last year, year and a half, that there's, rec- there's recognition that this needs to happen and that our students need access. So
0: maybe i can get both of you to to sort of chime in on this when we talk about computer science in the education curriculum how does that look what is that what form does that take because uh, you know we're all talking about the the sort of evolution of the traditional classroom and it's it's no longer the that's necessarily the teacher in front of the class teaching people about a particular subject and some of the projects that i know of going on right now are things like Altino, where uh, the folks are like at, at Ocean are actually getting teachers to look at how you know programming a, a car and the, the, the computational thinking that goes into it, but they 're looking at not so much the the science or math teachers they 're looking at the you know the social studies teacher or, or the history teacher or somebody you know like a language teacher and how they might use some of the principles in Incorporating that kind of thinking in the classroom, right. so I guess I guess my question is, how do you see computer science sort of manifesting itself in the in the classroom? It's not going to be the traditional, "Hey, here's how to you know code in Python or, or whatever," right, mm-hmm. Katie? What do you what do you how do you see this un- unfolding?
3: Yeah, um, so traditionally, I think you're right. We think about um, computer science as something that students do in advanced high school, where they're sitting mm-hmm. down and coding and programming. Um, but, you know, if you look at the workforce and what people are actually doing in these jobs, they're collaborating, they're working in groups, they're uh, taking hard problems and finding solutions. Um, and so really introducing all of our students to that means uh, giving them those same opportunities to work together in groups, uh, do pair programming, um, and be able to create things that have meaning for themselves. Um, and so in, in elementary school, in middle school, uh, kids are programming robots, uh, they're doing uh, drag-and-drop uh, coding on iPads. Um, you know, there's, there's also so many unplugged activities that we've seen them do in classrooms um, and that we've developed as well where kids are sequencing. Um, they're looking at songs and looking at the chorus and how that repeats and how that could be a function. Um, so it's, they're able to make a lot of connections, um, you know, to their world as well and seeing the ideas of computing all around them.
0: mm mm-hmm. And, and Ayla, you know, in terms of the, the work that you're doing with women in technology, I mean, how do you, how do you see that influencing what goes on in the classroom?
2: Well, I think it's exciting, um, you know, the expectation with the, some of the programs that we have, STEM works in particular, mm-hmm. the teachers um, are facilitating the learning. And that really is about allowing the students to um, look at the situation, use inquiry, go ahead and um, use their critical thinking skills. And with computer science, it really is integrated into every subject and into every job you can possibly think of. So we're really preparing these young people for the job's now and the ones that are coming. And with their teachers, you know, the beautiful part with Code.org and and kind of what we saw as a real plus was they do have the continuum. So there's the elementary piece, the middle school piece, and then the high school, which is incredibly important as these young people are going through our educational system here in Hawaii, making sure that they have that touch point at every, um, you know, as they're going through their um, schooling. That way they're building on their skill sets, they're building on what they are passionate about. About, and hopefully, they're figuring out the why for computer science because it isn't about coding. It really is about how are you going to impact your world and how are you going to make things better. So, I especially for our girls and the non traditional learners, it isn't about typing away in some particular. Uh, Um, computer language, it really is about how can this apply to something that matters to me? And then that will draw them in, and then they'll have a chance to be involved.
0: So when you talk about these touch points, and if you are looking at the continuum through elementary school, middle school, high school, can you walk me through what some of those touch points might be? Katie, maybe you can help me out with this. I mean, like, so you've developed, yeah. I mean, Code.org has developed some of the curriculum. So what are some of the examples that perhaps an elementary school uh, student might go through? And how would that perhaps uh, be a building block as they go through middle school and high school?
3: Yeah, so Code.org has curriculum for K-6 through six, um, that is a uh, basically by grade level and builds upon each other. So uh, each year students can uh, go into the coding environment and they can build games and they're reinforcing their skills every year mm-hmm. um, You know, as they advance in age and they're able to understand more advanced concepts. Um, in middle school, uh, there might be a standalone class uh, that they take that's a semester long. Um, and then in high school, there are intro courses that they can take that allow them to uh, develop an app or, you know, understand the impacts of computing on the world around them.
0: So y- when you talk about the, the elementary school and them getting involved with some element of coding, I mean, they're actually doing coding. I mean, when I watch mm-hmm. some of the uh, third graders doing some of the, the, the VEX um, uh, autonomous coding. I mean, they were actually pulling up subroutines and showing me how, you know, you, they could make it go le- right or left or stop. I mean, and, and and that's part of like an elementary school curriculum?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and block-based programming mm-hmm. is something that's uh, really accessible to students um, at all ages. You know, it's it's something that is even used in university beginning computer science courses. And so these elementary school kids who are doing block-based programming are doing real coding, real
2: programming. Mm-hmm. It's very doable. Um, with our STEM marks program, which is of course partnering with the co org mm-hmm. we do have that in the elementary schools and these students are absolutely amazing. You give them a chance and they are absolutely loving it so i I think sometimes people get hung up on oh, elementary school is too young, but it really isn 't and the reality is that 's when they 're the little sponges and are so hungry to learn and if you allow them to have this opportunity they're they uh it 's not a problem at all
0: well so what are some of the what are some of the hooks? I mean, I know you're saying that they're all they're very excited about it. I mean, and, and with robotics, I can see where you have a, a little robot. It does stuff. It's got blinking lights. It's got things that grab things and shoot things, out, you know, places. What is it that you can attract students to be involved with with some of the coding curriculum? What was it? What's the what's the sex appeal? What's the what's the draw?
3: So students get to create something that is meaningful to them. Mm -hmm. Um, So I've been visiting some schools while I've been here on the island, and uh, there's a middle school classroom where the students were creating their own websites, and they were taking a subject that they were interested in and creating a website around it. Um, So, you know, girls were getting excited about, you know, the websites that they were creating, and, uh, you know, they're really allowed to be creative and to – showcase their passions um, mm-hmm. by using the technology to create something.
0: So it's just a matter of them connecting what it is that they're doing to an actual tangible thing that is created as a result of that action. Absolutely. Wow, that's great. So in in, in terms of um, all the different things that you are currently seeing across the landscape in Hawaii, whether it's robotics or Altino or doing you know some of this website creation, what is the Standard or the unifying thing that brings this all together, so that you know we're all kind of moving in the right direction. Is there is there some invisible hidden force <laughs> that is keeping it all together, or are, are these you know I, I hate to think that they're all independently moving you know in di- in in different directions and just coincidentally it's all going in one direction. But what's the unifying force that's helping to bring this all together?
2: I think the uh, beautiful thing about Hawaii is everyone is very interested in supporting each other and working together. So I think I'd mentioned the university system is mm-hmm. doing a lot of amazing things. Uh, Jody Ito is leading those efforts and Steve Auerbach. Um, UHMC on Maui has been doing a lot of things with cybersecurity with uh, Deb Nakama and Deb Sheesh. Um, There's also the new uh, Hawaii CSTA chapter, which is the Computer Science Teachers Association, which just kicked off. and, And Brett, I'm drawing a blank on Brett's last name, but he has worked so hard to put this together. The reality is all of these pieces are coming together. And instead of everyone staying in their silos, everyone is really talking to each other, figuring out how to work together. How can we support each other? How can we not duplicate duplicate efforts, uh, and be smart about it. So it's been really a fun thing to be a part of and to work together because uh, at the end of the day, we want to make sure as many students as we possibly can have access. So the more we're working together, the better for the community. So
0: You know, we're talking to Isla Young from Women in Technology and STEMWorks, and, of course, we're also having the studio here, Katie Hendrickson from Code.org. And I want to ask you, Katie, you know, you're here uh, just came in this past Sunday. You're you're here talking to the various schools, various legislators. How does Code.org look to helping bring, you know, bring sort of their influence on this this uh, initiative and this momentum that's being created here?
3: Uh, so we're really excited to see all of the momentum that's you know already happening across the state. Um, there are a bunch of teachers doing really great things in their classroom um, across the islands. Um, We have a K-5 facilitator who has been working with elementary school teachers to teach our curriculum. And over the past couple of years, he has worked with over 600 teachers um, in elementary schools to get them to incorporate computer science into their curriculum. Mm -hmm. Is that
0: Shane? Yes, it is.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's been on the show before. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, an
0: hour of code and, and, you know, he's, he's done some great things. So, but he's just one guy. I mean, Mm -hmm. what else is there to, and and from a code.org influence, what is it that you can bring to the table to, you know, get your arms around the, uh, you know, this whole initiative?
3: Yeah, well, we're happy to support in any way that we can. Um, You know, we see our partnership with the Women in Technology Group as being incredibly important to uh, get more middle and high school teachers prepared to teach computer science. Um, we're working with the department um, and the legislature trying to create a state plan to you know, bring computer science to more schools um, and encourage more schools to offer it.
0: So you mentioned legislatures. I mean, there was a bill last session uh, that focused in on computer science. Is there something that you have in mind to introduce in the 2018 session?
3: Yeah, um, we're, we're definitely happy to help support uh, legislators who are excited about this and want to get involved. Uh, they uh, really had a, a, a bill that was introduced that mm-hmm. had a lot of policies in it that would help to expand computer science. Um, you know, one thing that has been critical in these movements has been the allocation of funding mm-hmm. um, and having dedicated funding towards teacher professional development. So we're, we're working towards that.
0: Great. Now, Ayla, in terms of the program that you're actually uh, rolling out, tell us a little bit about what that entails.
2: Well, it's very exciting. So what we're looking at for our first year here is finding 30 middle school teachers and 30 high school teachers and what we'll need to do is have their schools agree to um, allow the teachers to teach a curriculum uh, but once they're selected they do have to apply uh, and those applications will be coming out in January but once they're selected they'll then get to go to a summer professional development called TeacherCon mm-hmm. uh, that org is supporting and um, Once they come back, our role will be to help continue to support them. We'll have professional development taking place throughout this following school year, making sure as they're implementing and integrating, they have the support that they need here in the state. And as they're uh, working as a HUI together, uh, that they're having a really positive impact. So we're very excited to have that initial start of 60 teachers at least.
0: So the teachers are still needing to be selected. And this is already, you know, approved, sanctioned by the DOE so they're they're okay with you know, the teachers moving in this direction?
2: We're working very closely with the DOE, and the DOE within uh, their OSIS department has a computer science team that has been working incredibly hard to come up with the standards and make sure that everything is in place for schools to have um, access to computer science. Uh, The teachers do need to get a commitment from their schools and make sure that the class can be offered in next school year. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. that is the one piece they're working on right now.
0: Is there any situation that a teacher might get, you know, let's say, some obstacle in, in you know, getting approval to participate?
2: You know, hopefully not. If there is, we're happy to go and meet with administrators and help them understand the value and why this is something that they really should have in their schools. So we're not anticipating that, but if it does happen, we're happy to help.
0: Where can people find out more about uh, you know your, your program rolling, rolling out?
2: Oh, they can go to stemworkshawaii.org, okay. and all the information is there.
0: And where can people find out more about the Hour of Code?
3: Yeah, uh, hourofcode.com or code.org itself.
0: Very good. So Isla Young is with Women in Technology and Katie Hendrickson is with code.org and we want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank, thank you, you so you much. for
2: having us. Great.
0: And of course we want to thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk to a couple of the winners from the recent Purple Maya Purple Prize. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email us at feedback at bitemarks.org. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at Bitemarks. Our engineer is David Chong, and you can catch us here every Wednesday on HPR1 or, of course, on the HPR app and Amazon Echo. You stay safe, and we will see you next week on another edition of Bitemarks Cafe. Always amazing.